Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of inspirational fashion and gift ideas. Visit them online at bookofzen.com. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from Your Right to Be Happy by Frank and Marion Van Epps, published in 1922. About nothing be anxious. These words from the Apostle Paul are not in opposition to earnest and determined effort toward a lofty goal. Rather, they put us in the best frame of mind for effective action, that state which is most conducive to successful endeavors. About nothing be anxious is a statement that is opposed to faint-heartedness whether it arises from the consciousness of our own limitations, from a distrust of ourselves, or from a want of trust in the divine. It is fear that leads to anxiety, anxiety to faint-heartedness, and faint-heartedness to failure. No anxiety should be allowed to disturb your joy. Consciousness of our divinity does not permit anxiety, Cultivate confidence in your higher self and your cooperation with the greater good. This is true self-reliance, because it is not based on one's self as apart from the infinite, but as in union with the eternal foundation and the infinite source of all things. The nature of anxiety is well known. The origin of the word is suggestive, its root meaning to choke. Anxiety is a tight mental state where one is choked up in mind and proper mental activity is restrained and constrained under this intensity, all of which leads to distraction, a drawing apart in different directions rather than concentration. In an anxious state, we do nothing, or else we do just what we ought not to do. The occasions of anxiety are many and various. You might be anxious about your own welfare or safety, your health, your happiness, your business, or your home. You might be anxious about yourself or about others, about the past, the present, or the future, about persons, things, or events. You might be ready to embark on a new enterprise, but your imagination conjures up all sorts of obstacles and difficulties, and you are afraid to begin, lest you fail. But this is actually just where the turn of success is made. Daniel Webster, when he first started his career as a lawyer, felt as if he were utterly incompetent and could never succeed, but he persevered and did not run away or give up, and he eventually became one of the most famous American statesmen of the 19th century. Had he yielded to that feeling of fear, he would never have amounted to anything, but having overcome that, all things were said in his favor. George William Curtis remarked that he never stepped upon a platform to speak without having the feeling that he would break down in failure but no one would ever have suspected it, for he went forward 
regardless of that feeling, and so eloquently did he speak that he was called the silver-tongued orator. If he had succumbed to his feelings, he would never have spoken or done anything. On the eve of any great achievement, it is not unusual to feel the most like a failure, or that your goals are unreachable. It is this point of apparent collapse that is so important in everyone's career. Just when failure and disaster seems unavoidable, is the time to push right on through and disregard appearances. More willpower and determination put forth at that time will turn the tide, and glorious results are certain. The consequences of anxiety, worry, and distraction are marked and varied. Some are mental, such as the scattering of force rather than concentration, an unbalancing of judgment, an unsettled, vacillating state, a lack of command of oneself and one's abilities and resources. Anxiety also impairs perception of the real situation, your judgment as to what should be done, and your will, resolution, or determination to do and to master. Some results are physical. An anxious mental state is shown in your breathing, as well as in your countenance, gestures, and pose. The anxious look of the face everyone knows, but a little observation makes it evident that the face is not the only part of the body that is affected by a tight and constrained state of mind. Under a fitful action of the mind, the body exhibits strain, excitement, reaction, and depression. The anxious person wastes energy, misdirects power, and is in a whirl. Anxiety is expensive in every way and brings no good results. In this day of enormous opportunities and possibilities, of vast capital and enterprise, there is the utmost need of coolness, insight, good judgment, and of prompt, bold, and free action. Decision and perseverance are necessary. Anxiety cannot be permitted. From both a personal and a business standpoint, it must be eliminated if one wishes long-lasting health happiness, and success. If we study the careers of truly successful people, it will be seen that such persons have great self-command and do not allow themselves to become anxious over possible adversity, but keep themselves facing in the direction of success. With them, it is not a matter of what might be, if certain things should go to pieces, or if present plans should miscarry. On the contrary, they bring to bear upon the situation every means that can be summoned for the purpose of succeeding. It is not a question of expense regarding this or that particular, but of results. Everything is aimed toward that one object, the successful result. The basis of anxiety is ignorance. If you always knew for certain that your resources were ample for any emergency or requirement that might arise, you would have no fear, and therefore not be anxious. It is the not knowing what to do, which way to turn, what the requirement is, 
or what your resources are that makes you anxious. It is more imagination than anything else. What might be or may be that creates distraction. The imagination shapes ifs and buts, difficulties which may never arise in fact. But doubt and distrust are based on such things. So one might as well have real difficulties rather than imaginary ones. For if you act on a supposed difficulty, the results will follow your action, just as if based on a real difficulty. Hence, hesitation and vacillation are uncertain acts of will, based on uncertain perception or imagination. It is lack of will intelligently directed. It is a failure to believe in yourself and the truth that all things are possible for the one who believes. In order to stop anxiety, we must first resolve that we will stop, not sometime, but now. The way to stop anything is to stop it, not to do it, not to think about it, not to talk about it. When the thought of anything about which we have been anxious comes to us, we must not let the thought stay, must not entertain it, must not think it through, but oppose the first suggestion of it. It must be dropped out of the mind. No strenuous will or resistance is necessary, but rather a positive attitude. We just do not think it. We are to cultivate a state of good cheer by saying, be joyful, and then voluntarily assuming a joyous expression of face and a joyous manner. You can imagine a joyous state of mind, and then act it out, or let it come out into expression. It requires no force of will to do this, no strained effort. You can imagine it, and then the natural tendency of your entire being will conform to this joyful image, just as the tendency is to draw conclusions from premises. It is astonishing how we can call forth light in the darkest night. You can feel the reflex effect if you voluntarily change the turn of the corners of your mouth. And if you hold your head up, you will feel more courage than if you allow your chin to get close to your breast. Chin up is a phrase that has helped more than one person perform greatly amid things that usually depress other people. To throw yourself into a lively manner, to lift up the head and stand erect, to breathe deeply and straighten up, all these things have a real and evident effect upon the mind and will help you succeed. Let us assume that everything is right and act as nearly as we can as if this were manifestly so. Our attitude will help to make it manifest because it is a creative, determined attitude of mind. The mind tends to repeat or continue its action. So if you assume something desired is already manifest, repetition and continuation of this act of assuming becomes increasingly easy, and then a settled habit. The outward manifestation is like the precipitation of the unseen into the forms of the scene. 
we must inform ourselves as to our resources, take an inventory, think of who and what we are. In the mind we should say, who am I that I should be afraid or anxious? I am more than any situation, more than any state or condition. I am the master, not a slave, of circumstances. No person or thing can put me down or dismay me. I am a child of God, and all divine resources are pledged to aid me. I must not, I cannot, I will not fail or be discouraged or be anxious. It is not wise to run to this and to that person for advice or assistance. Consult with yourself. Think for yourself. Summon resources from the unseen. Act for yourself. When a problem confronts you, determine to work it out yourself. This makes everything interesting. See what you can make of yourself and of the situation. Get your own view of the conditions. Form your own plans and act according to your own methods. Trust your own judgment and ability. If you do get the advice of others, you must ultimately decide for yourself. Every time you think and act independently, you develop your own ability and become more fit for larger opportunities and greater success. If we are ever to overcome vacillation and uncertainty, we must settle in our minds what we really want. What is the real destination for which we are headed? And let us keep our attention upon this, our minds leaping over all that may intervene between our present conditions and that destination. It is often amazing to see how these intervening steps are taken with little attention or effort. Have we not all noticed at times how we seem to reach our journey's end so much more quickly and easily than we anticipated? How to prevent anxiety is just as important as how to get rid of it. We should not only get out of the old habit of worry, but keep out of it. Indeed, no one should ever get into such a habit. Let us form the new habit of never being anxious. It is just as easy to form the habit of not being anxious as to form any other habit. It simply requires repetition and will intelligently used. When anything looms up and threatens to overwhelm you, just loom right up above it and realize that you are bigger than anything that can arise because you are in union and fellowship with the divine source of all things. We should never go under or succumb. We can draw in our breath and hold it, facing the situation. It is suggestive that the spirit means breath. Thus we draw in spirit with our breath, fill ourselves with it, remembering that it was when the spirit came upon Samson that his supernatural strength was realized and displayed. We can say to ourselves, I will not worry yet, I will not give up yet, no, not yet, somehow the way must open, and open it will, if we but cultivate the easy way of doing things, 
free from anxiety and strain, constantly acting with an inward calm, firm, steady, and masterly. We must delay getting anxious about work or results. Never do today what you ought to put off until tomorrow. When you almost worry, say, not yet, put it off until tomorrow. The best time to worry is tomorrow, never today. When we learn to meet problems and situations in the spirit of joy and rejoicing, with a determined I can and I will, instead of a weak and cowardly I can't, we shall be beyond worry. We shall be joyful in our situation and in spite of it, thus denying its power over us, shedding its effects, rising above, and mastering it. We must believe that we already have the victory, and then act as if we had it. When you come to know the higher life and law, the law of liberty, you have nothing to fear in all the universe. There is nothing in all human experience about which you have reason to be anxious or to worry. No matter what the situation, condition, or problem, there is a way out. Deliverance, success, and happiness are yours, and you have a right to claim it. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. For free transcripts of our podcast, please go to livinghour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living Podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more, including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes Store, or at Google Play, or at stitcher.com. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.